0: My goal is to educate and inspire, and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 251 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On this episode, we are talking all about marijuana. That's right. Pot, cannabis, THC, Mary Jane, the devil's lettuce, whatever you like to call it, Meg Fee is here to share her experience with alcohol and using THC as harm reduction to change her relationship with alcohol and how that affected her. On this episode, you will learn if THC is safer than alcohol, sneaky ways that THC affects you and your relationships, and how to know if you need to change your relationships with THC. This is such a fantastic episode because there is so much stigma and shame around THC and cannabis that we are here to talk all about it. So let's get into it. Meg, what is going on? How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you and I'm so... I've been waiting to dig into this topic for so long because you're someone with really great experience and knowledge all around this topic. And it is THC, cannabis, pot, the devil's lettuce. We are getting into it today. Uh, but Meg, before we get into that, I want to talk about your relationship with alcohol because there are some correlations here. I would love for you to give us your BS self, your before sobriety self, if you could give us an insight into what Meg was like.
1: Yes, I kind of love that it's BS self because it's <laughs> that was my bullshit self when I was drinking. <laughs> that, I that think like, that was everyone's self. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, um, I'm excited. Like I said before we started recording, I, I am really eager to talk about this topic specifically because hmm. I don't think there's enough people talking about this in the sobriety space. Um, it can be kind of taboo you know um but there's a lot of people who use thc when they quit drinking still and that's fine i'm not here to <laughs> judge never here to judge anyone but i think talking about it has made me realize that a lot more people are questioning it and questioning their use than it might seem totally um, so so yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. My my BS self, um, I always every anytime someone's like, "What's your history with alcohol?" I'm like, "How do I make this succinct?" <laughs> but I think just you know, give I,
0: it to us all. Like we're yeah. here for it. We want to hear all of it.
1: Yeah, I started <laughs> drinking just like everybody does. I think in their teens, like you start experimenting. It starts out mm-hmm. innocently. Um, you know, I wasn't a big like drinker in high school, you know, like out of the people in my grade in my school, Mm -hmm. I wasn't the one that was like at parties all the time or anything like that. But I definitely experimented um, with both alcohol and THC in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, There were definitely some red flags with my drinking, even back then, like looking back. Um, I I was a blackout drinker from the jump, like just it wouldn't really matter how much I drank, um, yeah. But I I would black out every time, and I kind of just thought that was normal. Um, and that continued into college. Um, again, it was still kind of innocent at the time. Like you go to a big big university in the U.S. and drinking is just what you do. It's totally just the the lifestyle and. Um, again, I would black out. Like, there were definitely red flags that I can identify looking back, but I never, throughout college, um, it wasn't, it it never occurred to me that I, like, had a problem or should need Mm. to, like, take a step back or reflect on my habits at all. Um, I do come from a family who, who drinks, who enjoys drinking, a big Irish-American family, and we live up to the stereotype of that. Um. So it just maybe it was just you know I don't sobriety was not something that was modeled for me and like moderation was not really something that was modeled for me either and I'm not blaming my family but it just it just I didn't have any any reservations about it I liked to drink my friends did family did Um, and then at the end of after college I moved um, back to I went to college out in Arizona and I moved back to New York home, um, moved into the city, started working my first like corporate job. I work in, I work in advertising, um, creative production specifically. And I I got hired at a really cool like creative agency. Um, you know, felt like I was, felt like I was kind of on top of the world in my early twenties. The agency had, um, a lot of big alcohol clients. Like.
0: Oh.
1: Um, and and so the first job that I had at the agency was I was the social I was the social media manager for Budweiser and Captain Morgan. Um
0: oh.
1: I know. And it it k- kills me. Like thinking Whoa. I, I yeah. thought it was the coolest. Like thought I literally thought I had the coolest job in the world.
0: Um but, but yeah like, you probably did. Like it was Back yeah. in the day, those were your priorities. Like, yeah, yeah, party and booze. And if you're getting free booze, you are living the dream, sister.
1: Oh, yeah. And the agency that I worked at definitely um, had a fully stocked bar um, and lots of, you know, happy hours and thirsty Thursdays and all of that. So my drinking definitely escalated. Um, mm. You know, it was for someone who who drank like me, um, it was like, paradise. And again, I I still didn't really recognize any issue. Um, so throughout my early twenties, you know, like 20 to 25, that drinking and partying just sort of escalated. And eventually, you know, there wasn't like, there wasn't a big rock bottom moment. I think I had a lot of bottoms like over throughout my twenties. Um, there were a lot of situations looking back that I should have been like, oh, this should be it. Like, that should have been the end. Yeah. Um, and they weren't. You know, I would just keep keep drinking. Um, keep, you know, I would just kind of chalk it up to like, oh, I didn't eat that day or like whatever. But I was definitely someone who would like just be really irresponsible and mm. risky and make stupid decisions and like get into fights and... I was just like blacked out, frolicking about like New York City in my 20s. Like, looking back, I'm like, how did I even live? Like, yeah. (laughs)
0: um, But isn't that funny how like we think that's what living is supposed to be like? That's such an exciting, like, you are really living if you're like partying and going to all these events and like enjoying yourself in quotation marks by drinking.
1: Yeah. And by all accounts, like from the outside looking in, fully had my shit together. Like, right? There were definitely there. There were definitely people who, um, you know, certain certain people who maybe would have said I, I wasn't a good drinker or something like that. You know, my family would joke sometimes and like be like, uh oh, like Meg's like you know blacked out last night or whatever. But it was always kind of like joking. Nothing was ever brought to me as a concern and. Yeah, um, yeah. I just chalked it up to kind of like being young and dumb and like enjoying myself. And right. Um. Eventually, it came to a point where it got dark. Like I mm. started having, you know, it 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 gets to a it got to a point where I was drinking alone a lot. Mm-hmm. Where my mood and my mindset when I drank was dark. Like. Mm. Kind of depressed, anxious, sad, lonely. Like I was drinking. I was still definitely drinking out with people socially, but yeah. I also was finding that I was drinking alone and like to cope with some like sadness within me. Um, yeah. And yeah, it got to a point where eventually my, my, now he's my husband, but at the time, um, my, boyfriend and then fiance he had mentioned you know we had had a few again things that you would consider bottoms sure. uh, but i had, had a few like episodes i guess i'll say where he was concerned and like expressed that he he was concerned and worried and might reach out to my family or he even mm. mentioned like i don't think i can marry you if you're like this and and so that was that was wow. around like twenty seven twenty eight. And that's when I started exploring sobriety and being like,
0: yeah, okay, something needs to change. Um, And what was your initial reaction? Because like up until now, like you haven't really been confronted about your drinking or about your behavior. What was your initial reaction when your partner, the person closest to you, who's supposed to know you the best, right. Or, you know, be there for you, for you, um, the most, what was your reaction to what he was saying to his like voices of concern?
1: I think at the time when it got to that point, like I knew too.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and I was just afraid at that time. I remember like when Mm. people are, when people ask like, what what made you stop drinking? I always say like fear. Like I was actually afraid of myself. And it happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like 25, wasn't really concerned. But by the time I was 27, 28, I was like, oh, this is not sustainable. This is dark. Um, and it just kind of happened quickly. And I, I was afraid of what was going to happen to me if I didn't stop. Mm-hmm. And so my reaction, of course, I was like, heartbroken and sort of panicked because i didn't want to lose him but i think i knew like Mm. i think it was kind of like okay this is it's over like i need to i need to address this for real
0: yeah Um,
1: and that was like right before covid is when it really came to
0: a head Ooh, okay yeah and then how did you move forward and how did you address that
1: so I moved forward, trying to moderate, trying to cut mm. back. Um,
0: How it did that work for you?
1: I mean, I'm sure you can guess. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't work well um, at all, and it wasn't the first time I had tried. Right? Like, sure, I've been trying for years at that point. But it was like, okay, no, I'm serious about it. Okay, and um, I I actually enrolled in um. I somehow ended up, you know, sober Instagram is obviously how we connected and it's how I connect with a lot of people now, but I opened a different Instagram account Mm
0: -hmm. for like
1: for inspiration, not for sobriety at all. It was like for inspiration. I was like, I need to go on like a spiritual like wellness journey and um, fix this depression and like um, not really putting two and two together that like, no, it's the drinking. That's the problem. It's not like anything else.
0: Yeah, um, you can't so sage opened, this away.
1: Yeah, so I opened this account exactly, and <laughs> I stumbled upon sober Instagram stories. You know, different witlit books and podcasts. Um, I just couldn't unsee it. So really, it just kind of went, you know, spiraled, but in a good way from there. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And communities are so important, like. It is so draining, like just the amount of energy. Try- well, first of all, trying to moderate. Ugh. I can only imagine like, oh, I've tried it. I tried it for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doesn't work for me. Do- yeah. It doesn't really. It's like halfway to sober town, I feel. But everyone has to do it. It's like the rite of passage, right? It's like going to college, getting the partying years out of you. And then, you know, trying to moderate, trying to, trying to reestablish your relationship with alcohol or luck thereof. Um, yeah. It's just like how you kind of change it. It just isn't a natural passage.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I encourage people to moderate because it's eye-opening. Like, if mm. you are someone who can't moderate... Yeah. There's your answer. Like, people... Right. Who can moderate. Usually don't have to try so hard. Like my husband, he's right. A completely normal natural moderator. Like he'll he'll like go halfway through a beer and then leave it yep. and I'm like,
0: "What are you doing?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he thinks nothing of it. And like right. those are people who can moderate, but I don't I don't know if I fully believe that it's hard.
0: It's like but Do you even think that do you even think that qualifies as moderation? Right, that's the thing. Or is that just like, and I, I also don't like to use this word, is that a healthy relationship with alcohol?
1: I, that's how I define it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that sounds a little bit more natural. Because like, if know- you have to overthink it, if you have to like control, if you have to set these rules and limits to something, that's not necessarily... Healthy.
1: Yeah. It's it's tough. It's a really tough one because mm-hmm. I, I do encourage, like I said, I encourage it. I encourage harm reduction. Like yep. if you're someone who you're like, no, I cannot, whether it's right now or in the future, I cannot quit drinking. I don't want to, mm-hmm. but you want to work with a therapist or you want to work with a mentor or someone to like help you moderate, that could always lead to sobriety down the line. And it's better than throwing caution to the wind and just like
0: full on abusing it. So it's like, I don't, right. for me. We're not doing anything at all or being stuck in the same place, right. doing the same things, wondering the same, like, why, why am I still doing the same thing? And why am I at the same place in my life? Well, because yeah. you haven't changed. You're, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I I love that. And I love that you encourage people to do that because it also shows like It's tough. And is it worth it? Is it worth the energy to moderate?
1: Right. And it's hard for me to moderate than just not have any.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. But again, like you just said, looking at the whole kind of like scope of everything and being like, okay, I'm never drinking ever again is also terrifying to think of, especially in your first like few days, few months even first year to think like, oh, this is going to be the rest of my life. You can't do that. No. You also don't have to. Right. Like you don't have it all figured out. No, no, no. Yeah. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies made with ashwagandha root l-theanine gaba chamomile flour and lemon balm these gluten-free vegan non-gmo gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly safely whenever i tried medication for my anxiety i was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions the good and the bad chill vibe gummies make you feel like you just minus the anxiety go to vibe gummies.com to get your gummies today that's v-i-b-e gummies.com okay so the moderating not so hot for you
1: well yeah not hot it um ended up like you know just making me end up in a binge cycle again um right. Anyway, so I like to say like 2020, 2020 was the year that I like started exploring sober curiosity. I think the most I had was like three months I got to and I was like on top of the world feeling amazing about that. And then in 2021, I went almost the full year without drinking. I did almost 10 months and then slipped at my own bachelorette party. <laughs> um, And then 2022, you know, so after I did those 10 months, I was like, this is a common one. People are like, I'm healed. Like, I could- can- Totally. <laughs> like, I'm Totally. And it's so like in- we have
0: dementia or something. Like, we forget. Like, oh, I- this is why I don't drink. It's like yeah. we have to constantly test ourselves.
1: <laughs> I know. I-, I don't- And it's so frustrating. And I, it got even- It's even more frustrating to look back on because- I did that almost the full year in 2021, and mm-hmm. then 2022, once I had that first slip, yeah. I kept testing the waters in 2022. So I spent most of 2022 alcohol-free, but I, I slipped up nine times. Like, okay. I tested the water nine times in 2022. Just to make um, sure. It was always, just to make sure. It was always red wine.
0: Okay. Um, it wasn't... Any, well, what's the nothing, circumstances, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah. Nothing crazy happened. It was always, it was every single time was red wine. Okay. Every single time was in just either a setting with just me and my husband where I was like, oh, can I fit the Like, maybe I could just have like one or two. Yeah. I was really battling myself on like, does this need to seriously be a thing? Even though I knew. Um, yeah. So it was. It was almost all of them were, were just me and my husband. Yeah. Um, and I would have two and I would want another one, but my husband would be like, nope, you said two, we're done. And like,
0: I mm. wasn't satisfied.
1: Like I wasn't satisfied. I still wanted more
0: mm-hmm. and I just
1: knew it. Like, why am I even bothering? Like, so nothing crazy happened, but, um, mm. and then finally had my last sip. That I've had, you know, since um, I I hit a year in September 2023. So September 2022 was my last sip, and it was a similar thing. It was a glass of wine. My best friend works at a bar, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "I want a glass of red wine," and she was like, "Are you sure?" Like, (laughs) I like made her serve it to me. She's like, "Okay," Mm -hmm. and I didn't even finish it.
0: Mm. I was like
1: why am I doing this? And I just, yeah. and that was it. So it, it's funny how like there, again, like I said before, there were so many moments that should have been my bottom. And it, the last time I've drank, I drank was actually like such a s- insignificant, like mm. nothing, nothing moment. But it, but I was yeah. like, okay, that's it. I'm done.
0: Yeah. But it's it's this inner, inner turmoil, right? Like we have yeah. this inner, kind of dialogue this push pull this is an emotional connection this isn't just like oh meg like you know this isn't good for you that you know this isn't working you know your intuition is telling you not not the best not where we want to be yeah but it's our emotions that override us we have an emotional connection with alcohol yeah what did you think When, when, when you were, um, like you, you mentioned the, the times you drank were alone or at home with your husband, what do you think you were drinking for? Like, what were you looking for in that glass of wine?
1: It's that, it's that, um, it's that fantasy Mm -hmm. that like.
0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right sometimes, the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com/asgg today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com/asgg.
1: Oh, I can. You know, this is something that all. It, it's a nice way to relax. Sit here with my husband, watch a movie, have a glass of wine, or. One of them was like my my birthday dinner. Like we went out to an Italian restaurant and I was like, I would really like a glass of wine. And like, and now I say a glass of wine would be nice if I could have a glass of wine, but I can't just have a glass of wine. No. I want the whole bottle and then I want another bottle.
0: Right. Uh, it's
1: and like so taking it was, one Advil.
0: Like pfft, what the hell's the point? doesn't work. This
1: made up thing in my head that like mm. I could fit this into my life and like that it would somehow enhance the moment.
0: Um mm. okay. But
1: it never did. Like it just never did. And I I come yeah. up against those thoughts still. Like there are still moments where I'm like that romantic idea pops into my head again. Yeah. Um, it's never like, you know, I'm not never at like a bar where I'm like I want to get hammered or order some crazy cocktail or something. It's literally for me, it's red wine. Just like gets me every gets me. Yeah. But um but I have to tell myself like I've tested this a million mm-hmm. times and it doesn't work. Um so yeah.
0: Yeah, like what do you do when those thoughts creep in? Do you get up and move? Do you kind of ride the wave? What have what have you found that works for you?
1: Um definitely talking about it with other sober people.
0: Yes. Um
1: that's always, you know, now at this point I've been in so many different groups, um tried so many different communities that now I have, you know, I have those group chats, but I also just have like my couple of friends that I'll go to and we text all the time, um, so staying yeah. in touch with my sober friends is important. People who understand, and I, I do vocalize. Like I'll vocalize it to my husband too. So like saying it out loud, calling myself out. Yeah. Um. Like hearing how ridiculous I sound. <laughs> um.
0: No, it and, works. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get it out of your head. Yeah. Like and even writing me. it down. Like oh. Reminding yeah.
1: myself at all of those times when it didn't do anything for me. So why Mm -hmm. do I think it's going to be any different? It's that like what you said before, like you're doing the same thing over and over again. It is the definition of insanity. So
0: just calling myself out, like leaning into my tools. Yeah. And it's also okay to have these like thoughts come and to let them go. Like we don't necessarily need to act on every single thought that comes to our head. I mean, I don't know about you, but I would definitely be in jail. If I acted on every thought, yeah <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like could you imagine if you acted on every single thought that popped into your head? It's almost comical, right, like when we think about it, we think about the weirdest shit,
1: and like i you, i have I have to let go of the like guilt and shame and like beating myself up about the thoughts mm-hmm. because they are just thoughts like to your point it yeah. doesn't mean that i want to light my life on fire it doesn't mean that i haven't made any progress but i also like to frame it as okay i spent over 10 years drinking mm-hmm. to excess and yeah maybe i've been working on this since 2020 but at this point i'm 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 a year and some change consecutively sober and solid. And that's not a lot of time. Like it's going to take a while. Like mm-hmm. these thoughts don't just disappear. Our brains are so hardwired. Um, so sometimes I'm just like, this is my stupid head. Like, let me just ignore it. Um, <laughs> a lot of like talking to myself.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it works and I love I love that you, that you say that because you yeah you have to be a little more gentle with yourself like this is a long game. You know, yeah. we're here for a long time most of us. You know, uh, this is going to take a while and it's not perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out today or tomorrow or even this year. Like yeah. that's not that's not the point. But the more that you put pressure and stress and uh, sh- uh, judge yourself, the more shame you're going to be spiraling in and it, guess what? That does like gets you nowhere fast. Yeah. Nowhere. So, Very. you're good girl. Keep it keep it going. Keep talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but talk to yourself in a nicer way, please. Be nice to yeah. my friend. Yes, I
1: will. <laughs> But yeah. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good when it comes to alcohol. Yeah,
0: I'm feeling good. So Meg, talk to me about THC because what really caught my attention um, about your profile and and the things that you talk about on Instagram was you addressed cannabis THC, however you want to uh, label yeah. it. Tell me about your relationship with cannabis.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, I think I I experimented with smoking Mm -hmm. in high school, um, maybe even middle school. I'm like trying to think, but, um, early, but it never, it wasn't my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. then when I got to college, um, I dabbled with it, but never really, never again, it still wasn't my thing. Um, I would enjoy smoking weed with my roommates or like my boy, my college boyfriend and like his roommates and,
0: mm-hmm. but it,
1: it just wasn't something that I craved or wanted to do often or anything like that. But when I yeah. moved into the city and was on my own, I think I used it more recreationally throughout mm. my life. Um Again, never, never identified a problem with it and it never caused any issues like that's the big thing mm-hmm. about weed is that it never
0: when you change your relationship with alcohol you realize you have so many hours in the day i love to dedicate my time to skincare, and osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skin care is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self care. With over 27 years of seaweed infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty free, and climate neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off.
1: Made me end up in the hospital like alcohol did. It never right. made me- black out like alcohol did. It never made me do something embarrassing in front of coworkers. Like it Interesting. It, yeah. It's, it's in that way where it's like yeah. it's not as overt, right? Right. But but when it when I look back, mm-hmm. I was using it in an intertwined way with alcohol where like if I was hung over, mm-hmm. I would need to smoke weed. Um, And I was more and more like the more I drank in my 20s, the more hungover I was and the more I needed needed quotation Mm. weed. And then um, but at the time still didn't recognize an issue. And it wasn't until I stopped drinking that I realized I had some overlap in how I abused alcohol and how I was using THC. and I'm still like processing that and working through it. It's been, yeah, it's gonna be a year in March um, since I since the last time I smoked weed. Yeah, um, but I really ramped up as I as I was quitting drinking. You know, between 2020 and now, you know, a year ago when I stopped, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I really ramped up my use of it. Okay, I got a Google card because in New York you you know it's not it's not um well, it just became recreationally illegal <laughs> since I quit, but um it wasn't so i Convenient. I had a
0: medical...
1: <laughs> I know so I got a Google card so that I could get as much of it as I wanted and um and I leaned into it pretty heavily, like you know now there's like gummies, there's drinks mm-hmm. there's you don't have to like have a joint out or like have your like bowl or your bong, like it's, yeah. you, you can like sneak a gummy like into a restaurant. So I leaned on it yeah. a lot in my first couple of years exploring quitting, like quitting drinking. And I will be totally honest. I don't think I would have been able to stop drinking had I not been able to rely on cannabis. Like it really, really helped me. Okay. Um, especially in social settings where, like, like I said, I mm. have a big family, a lot of weddings and events and stuff like that, where I was around alcohol, and mm-hmm. a gummy would be would help me like loosen up and like calm down in that situation. And I'd be like, I'm good, like I'm mm. with my weed gummy, and I don't need a drink. So it did right. help. Okay. Um, and so I guess you could say, like, that was my way of using it for harm reduction purposes while I was quitting the thing that was killing me, which was alcohol. Right. Um, but then, like I said, I was, like, noticing over time that there was a lot of overlap. Again, mm. not overt, never made me into somebody that I hated or, like,
0: Yeah. you
1: know, it just didn't do the things that alcohol did to me, but it was – I was spending a ton of money on it. Yep. I couldn't stop using it. Like I Ooh. wanted it every day. Like it got to a point where I was like, even if I wasn't in a social setting, yep. I was like waking up and wanting to use it. Um, it Interesting. Was it, like lazy. And I know that's like kind of cliche and maybe some yeah. people you know, I might get, like, flack from people who who are Cali sober and, like, mm-hmm. weed But, like, it did. It made me have really bad brain fog. I needed it all the time. Like, I felt dependent on it. Um, yeah.
0: And – I mean, it's altering your state in, like, a very intense way.
1: Yeah. I couldn't moderate it. Like, going back to moderation, yeah. eventually, I was not able to moderate it anymore.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and what it came down to was, I I got a therapist this time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just bought a house and got married, and like I'm spending every time I go to the dispensary over a hundred dollars. Like it's not cheap. Whoa. Um, and that was a problem. Like that was yeah. a problem. I'm trying to like grow a savings. Like I'm trying to be. Yeah. Me and my Husband, we're planning for a family. Like I'm pregnant now, and like. I wanted to, I wanted to have a baby. Yeah. And so again, like talked to my husband about it and was just like, I need help, like quitting this. So I started yeah. working with a the therapist and, um, and just, and stopped. And it, it's, it was hard. Like, yeah, it wasn't easy, but, um, I'm s- much clearer headed. Also I'm on medication for anxiety and depression. And like, you can't yeah. mix that with THC. And I was mixing Oof. that. So, no. Just so many different
0: like... So, yeah. Oof. <laughs> I love that you brought up that like it's kind of the sleeper, right? Like THC, it's you can kind of do it anywhere. You can do it really secretly. Like you said, like a little a gummy doesn't smell. You would never know. No. You would never know. And it's also like like a double edged sword because also you're not hungover which i think a lot of people stop drinking because they're getting older and they're sick and tired of the hangovers for yeah. the, the health of it right there's none of that with thc like you don't get really like a hangover like maybe you'll be a little bit tired in the morning but not like alcohol yeah not even close
1: no it's totally different i i will mm-hmm. say though this the thc that we have Access to now mm-hmm. is so much more potent than <sighs> what it's ever been, and it is addictive. Like there's this, um, there's this like common. There's it's a myth that like you can't be addicted, yeah. but when I quit, I fully had withdrawals. Like I was um, having horrible night sweats, which is something that's really common wow. for people who who are like dependent on on THC and then quit it. Yeah. I had full on night sweats. I couldn't eat. Like I, my appetite was all messed up. I had that same type of emotional inability, um, that a lot of people do when they quit drinking where like you mm-hmm. just can't manage your emotions at all. Um, because you
0: well, always. Yeah. Cause that. you've been so numb. Exactly. Like this is tough stuff.
1: Yeah. Like angry. I just like, so the, again, like Trying to quit it or trying to moderate it, which is what yeah. I tried to do at first before I was like, okay, full stop. I realized, like, again, with the moderation, sometimes you're like, oh, I can't. This is an issue. Like, yeah. I need to. So,
0: yeah, I feel so definitely. Bad,
1: but I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about it still. Sure. Um, because of those fantasies, again, that you have in your head. but yeah. Um, But yeah. And I, I think a lot of people do relate. Like, I hope a lot of people listen and relate to it because um, it's insidious,
0: definitely. But it sounds like there's like a love hate here because you know on, on one side, you know, it really helped you in the harm reduction side to really change your relationship with alcohol, right? Like yeah. a solid, solid step away from alcohol. And I I know it's like re- replacing one thing with another but it's almost like the lesser evil. Is that, is that what, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I think what I would, what I would like want to caution is mm-hmm. I would never, if you're not someone, like if you're someone who's listening and you want to quit drinking and you heard me just say, it really helped me quit drinking, but you've mm-hmm. never tried weed, like you're not somebody who's ever been a cannabis user, I would never be like, use that, like start using this. Right, but if you are familiar with it, like if you use it, if you use both of those things, um, you might relate to that more. It's just my point is I would never be like to somebody who's never used cannabis. I would never encourage it as a way to stop drinking because I think it is really dangerous, mm-hmm. and you can get addicted to it. Um, for me, mm-hmm. I was like I was using both. I just sort of like ramped it up a lot with weed, and then had to pull back. Um but yeah, so I I would never like I would never recommend it yeah. as a as a tool for quitting, but but I I definitely personally it's a love hate because I do credit it for really really helping me at first. And yeah. it was a there of two evils, like
0: definitely. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. yeah I, I appreciate that. We're not We're not trying to get push anyone to any other substance, you know. This is strictly Meg. This is your experience and your point of view, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I do get like a lot of questions and a lot of maybe concerns around cannabis and like people who are like, Oh, almost asking permission, right? Like, is it okay if I use cannabis? Is it okay if I you know, do this once in a while? Like, should I feel shame? Should I feel guilt? What do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah, I, I've seen those questions, too, where people are like, mm-hmm. am I, and I, to be honest, I battled with them myself, like, in, like I said, in 2021, when I went almost that whole year without drinking, yeah, I was having this, like, struggle with myself, because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, 6 months sober, 7 months sober, 8 months sober, but then I'd be like, am I allowed to say that because I use weed? Like am I allowed to use the term sober? Am I sober? Like right. should I should I be hiding this? Should I be transparent about this? And I think ultimately like so there's so many opinions and there's so many different like schools of thought on sobriety and recovery and how you should or shouldn't do things or what you're allowed to do. Like there's all of these unspoken rules. And I think ultimately, like we know the answers for ourselves. Like if you're questioning something, Mm -hmm. follow that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody should be able to say like, oh no, you can't use the term sober because you smoke weed. Like (laughs) for me, it's like, keep your focus on yourself. If you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, we shouldn't care about what other people have to say. If you're doing something, if you're proud of yourself and like secure in how you feel in your recovery, great. Mm-hmm. But if you're questioning it, like I was, and I was like, I feel like I'm maybe misusing this and maybe I'm dependent on this. And maybe I kind of feel like a hypocrite because I knew in my head, like I was, I needed to quit it. I needed to stop leaning on it. Um mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think ultimately like you have to follow your intuition and not compare to other people's journeys. Like if alcohol is the most important thing for you and you don't resonate, say you don't resonate with anything I'm saying and you're perfectly happy using cannabis. Yeah. That's your business. Like that's fine. Yeah. Um,
0: I think yeah, it's I mean, like you get to determine your relationship with all of these substances. Yeah. Right. And you also get to determine what is healthy and unhealthy for you. I think that's yeah. why we get so confused, especially like the term alcoholic, right? Like we try and make it like a logical, like, okay, if you've had two to three drinks in seven <laughs> to eight hours, like, you know, like it's like this freaking mathematical equation. When you could be sitting there having one drink and be like, Meg, I feel so guilty. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because you know, you know, in your heart of hearts that this is not who you want to be. This is not what you want to do for yourself. And I think going against yourself, like that's an unhealthy relationship. Yes. Yeah. So So
1: I I do like to say, I know it sounds a little harsh, but I'm like, keep your focus on yourself. Like, What do you think?
0: 100%. Um, Yeah, I love that. Stay in your own lane, girl.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's definitely something I've had to work on with other people drinking. Mm -hmm. Like like I said, family, my husband drinks. Like I don't – I went through a phase where I I know a lot of people do in early sobriety where you're like, it's hard to watch other people drink. And I Mm -hmm. get that. But I had to catch myself and be like, hold on, I can't judge anybody and their habits. Like you just need to keep, stay in your lane, like keep your focus on yourself. You can't change anyone else. Um, So it's like much easier said than done. But yeah, I think
0: that's the way to go. Yeah. But I think that's also part, that's part of this change. It's part of sobriety. It's part of this journey. Mm -hmm. Is like coming home to yourself. Right, because we know what is best for us. You are the captain of your ship, as am I. Yep. Ahoy, (laughs) (laughs) Meg. Where can we find you on the world wide web?
1: You can find me um, at You Don't Have to Drink, or um, my other page is at More Than Sobriety. That's my podcast. You can find it on Spotify or Apple. I would not put you on the spot. I would love to Mm -hmm. have you. On oh, my totally. If you're ever interested, um, but yeah, that's where you find me.
0: Hundred percent. I'm totally there. Let's do Great. it.
1: Perfect. I want to hear about your Austin adventures.
0: <laughs> to be continued. You're gonna have to listen to Meg's podcast for that. <laughs> Meg, thank you so so much for your time and sharing your experience and knowledge with us. This has been fantastic. absolutely love having conversations like this. And remember, we are not here to convert anyone. We are here to change the narrative. We are here to change the topic and to give you possibilities and opportunities. You don't always have to drink. You don't always have to smoke. But we are here to share different sides of different stories. But if you'd like to be converted, head over to asobergirlsguide.com now. We got tons of tips and tricks to help you change your relationship with alcohol once and for all. From our sober girls social club to our group coaching. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey. Head to asobergirlsguide.com now. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave feedback about the podcast. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at asobergirlsguide.